Dissonance Media and the Other Stories presents Step into the abyss of After the Gloaming, a gothic fiction podcast that delves into the depths of human emotion, unyielding love, revenge, internal struggles, and restless souls await you in nine haunting episodes where dread, fear, and rare glimpses of eerie happiness linger. Dare to listen on your favourite podcatcher? After the gloaming beckons, search now, but beware, innocence will be left behind. Millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom, like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, right? For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. Recently, I asked Mint Mobile's legal team if big wireless companies are allowed to raise prices due to inflation. They said yes. And then when I asked if raising prices technically violates those onerous two-year contracts, they said, what the f*** are you talking about, you insane Hollywood ass!" So to recap, we're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows full terms at mintmobile.com. You didn't even realise that the audio file had stopped playing. You were lost for a moment, thinking about old cartoons, toys you'd forgotten, and for some reason the smell of autumn, of things dying, of something burning in the distance. You scrolled through the comments again. Were there more now? Bullshit, one said. The bits with the people dying gave me an erection, said another. The toys don't exist, said one more. And you tried to swallow, but your throat was too dry, and the roof of your mouth suddenly tasted like blown batteries. You got the slightest sensation of pins and needles prickling the backs of your arms, and that familiar feeling of reverse vertigo, like you might fall upwards from your chair and crack your nose on the ceiling fan. You told yourself to take a deep breath, just as May told herself. Deep breath. Take a deep breath. 
when the world stopped spinning, you scrolled back up to the list of audio files and you hovered over the file labelled Workshop. You wanted to click play, but something stopped you. Only for a moment. Another deep breath and then... Finally, you clicked play. It began with that same looping, insanity-inducing music and you could almost picture the stop-motion forest and the stop-motion plasticine characters stepping out from behind the felt and plastic trees. The longer the music played, the clearer the images became in your mind. Then there was the laughter. Then the Mr. Man voice started to speak again. What's the matter, Salikri? You're looking a little blue today, said the voice. Silly Billy made a sad, mewling noise. Have you lost something? Silly Billy nodded, whimpered, yes. Oh dear, have you lost your keys? Silly Billy shook his head. No, he squeaked, not my keys. Your shoes? Silly Billy mewled, no, no, not my shoes. Oh, I see now, Silly Billy. Have you lost your friend again? Yes, yes, Silly Billy replied with chirps and nods. The static distortion was there again, low in the mix but rising. Oh dear, wherever could they be? The sea of white noise rose and you could taste blood. Have you tried looking behind you? You could feel it seeping from hidden pockets inside your skin. Now all was noise. Now all was blood. Behind you. Behind you. When the white noise receded, May's voice faded in. I feel like I'm losing my mind. Got to get out of this place. This town. Everything. I'm supposed to be... I'm supposed to be going to university. I'm supposed to be doing my pre-reading. Nervous about moving. Meeting new people. Not this. This. Deep breath. Deep breath. Just keep recording. Just keep talking. Um, I, I made it through the ball pit kingdom. There wasn't a lot in there. It looked just like any other forgotten factory room, really. Other than the TV. It was at the far side of the room, by the double doors. It was another big, fat, heavy TV like we used to have in the living room. It was switched on. Not playing anything, but static. Just white noise. The place between the channels. With that searing hiss that worms inside you. It starts to feel like it's filling up your body. Like it's fizzing at the end of your toes and the tips of your fingers. Like it's vibrating your teeth and those tiny bones in your ears. In that dark hall, the TV was so bright, too like white-hot fire floating in a sea of ink. <laughs> there was something obscuring, a small part of it. As I got closer, I could almost make it out. 
uh, I pointed my torch at it. <laughs> By the way, uh, Dad needs to buy a new torch. I think maybe the bulb on this one is dying. It keeps flickering off and on, which isn't fun when you're walking through a place like this. Not that I'll ever walk through a place like this ever again. <laughs> if I can just get out. Please tell me I can get out. God, I feel like praying. I don't believe in God, by the way, or higher powers. I only believe in the here and now. The problem is that the here and now is creeping me the fuck out. Sorry, I'll, I'll edit out the swearing. I pointed my torch at the TV and saw that it was a toy. Another big one, life-sized, sat down before the TV and hunched over, slightly to the side as if transfixed by what it saw. I don't think I recognise this one. It looked newer. The head was huge compared to its tiny torso, and it was covered in matted blue fur. The arms were ridiculously long, curled around themselves like lengths of cables or coiled blue snakes. Its ears were pricked up into points like a cat's ears. It was wearing a trilby hat. I think it was red. But in the gloom it looked like a crusty scab stuck to its scalp. Like some kind of malignant growth with a fabric trim. I walked towards it. Stepping over old rubbish and leaves. And accidentally kicked a glass bottle. It rolled and clanged against the wall. And I'm sure you'll think I'm mad for saying this, but when that bottle hit the wall, I saw the slightest twitch of movement in the toy's ears. Like it had been in a daze and the bottle had stirred it. I know. It's stupid. I'm stupid. But I'm scared. And I'm seeing movement all the time. Always just outside my peripheries. Rats, I'm sure. I hope. Slowly, carefully, I walked towards the toy. Kept my torch, aimed at it, as if hoping to lock it down in position with my torchlight. I stepped behind the TV, looked at the toy's front, washed in the fizzy light. Its face was too small for its head, to make it cute, I guess. This disgustingly wide smile and absurdly open eyes were pointed right at the TV, like it was lost in reverie, like it was seeing something in the white noise that I couldn't. I kicked out the power cable and the TV died. The face remained still. I don't know why I kicked out the power. I guess to see what would happen. Whether the toy would jump to its feet and scuttle madly into the piles of debris, Perhaps its arms would uncoil, undulate through the air towards me. I waited for a minute, maybe more, before backstepping to the end of the room, to the orange double doors. I opened them. I kept my torch on the toy as I stepped through. It didn't move. Maybe the slightest twitch? No. I, I don't think so. I closed the door behind me and, for some reason, I waited. And I listened. And nothing happened. 
the toy did not follow me, of course. What even is this place? It's like a patchwork mess of everything. It looks like someone has thrown together whatever is left in its pockets, rolled it like dice, and let it lay wherever it landed. On the map, it's called the Old Workshop Forest. It's not a forest, though, just another hall decorated to look like one. There are little podiums made up to look like small trees, each podium holding a glass case in which sits bits and pieces of the toy factory's history. In one, I saw a half-made doll with no face. In another, I saw an older version of Silly Billy. He had that same coppery hair. Oh, almost the same colour as mine, actually. In another, there was an old hat. And it said that it was the hat that the Master Chansey wore when cutting the ribbon to the Four Seasons supermarket in Burnsfield. I've been to that supermarket, and cutting the ribbon to that place shouldn't be something to be proud of. It's weird to think that that's how this place used to be. For the families playing and learning. And how Burnie used to be a real town. Full of life. I feel like this place was something that Master Chansey had dreamed about for so long. The pinnacle of his life's work. And now I was walking through that dream long after he'd woken up. Left it all to crumble into sand and ash. This factory is the perfect metaphor for Bernie. Abandoned and cold. And there's bits of glass everywhere. I imagine it could have been nice, though. They'd painted the wall to look like huge gatherings of pine trees, and they had all the characters playing hide-and-seek. Little cherub-like faces poking up from behind the trees. The main characters, but others, too. Fairies, I think. I used to like fairies. You hear that? This place, uh, sometimes it feels like it's moving. Shifting. At the end of that hallway, there was a painting on the wall of a wooden workshop. A facsimile of the one that Master Chansey built, apparently in 1959. That's where I am now, uh, the fake workshop. The door painted up to look like it was made of wood led me into this tiny room. There are plastic tools and toys sitting on the shelves and old photographs of Master Chansey when he was a boy. Him and his brother. It says here the brother's name was William. Makes you wonder where Chansey has been all these years. Back with his family in Oxford or wherever. Or probably out living a life of luxury on some tropical island. Though he must be old. He looked old back when the place first opened. So he's dead. He must be. Did nobody come and throw this stuff away? How come they didn't... Wait. What's this? There's, um... A kind of mural. It's all cartoony, um, but it says... On the first of fall of... Oh, I can't read that date. 
Master Chancy says here his real name is Chantroy Bowden Worsley. <laughs> That's a dumb name. There's a cartoon picture of him. He looks young. Set up a workshop in the middle of Burnswood Forest next to a tree of great fortune from which he took the first branches to make his first toys. When he outgrew his workshop in 1967, he opened Chantroy's toy shop. There's an old photo here. Pretty sure that's Burnfield High Street. And began to sell his first toys. There's a picture of a doll. Uh, no, no, two. Two little girl dolls. I recognise them. They're cute in that uncanny valley sort of way. But the brand exploded with the introduction of Silly Billy, a now beloved character, who was followed by a whole host of colourful creations. Grandpa, Little Miss Peak and Little Miss Boo, Werewolf, and many, many more. I think the Grandpa character. I think maybe the face outside? Uh, the one on the rubble. What the hell is that? There's a face on the wall. It looks like a block of wall. I, I don't know. I don't know what I'm... I don't know what this is supposed to be. It's, it's just a face on a waist-high block. What the hell am I looking at? Um, it's a, a toy, a square-looking toy face thing on little feet or wheels or something. Looks like a cabinet, uh, but instead of drawers, it's got a... Uh, I mean, it's a pretty cute face. You could picture it. Almond-coloured eyes like those of the sweetest family dog, and a lipless mouth like a scar against the smooth plastic surface. The mouth itself slightly raised, as if morphing into some kind of beak. It was called... Werewall. It was a toy, kinda. Did you have one? Maybe you wanted one for Christmas. Yeah, yeah. Oh, oh, you you want this plastic food stuff here? Um, I, I think it's a a piggy bank toy, maybe, but it's way bigger, and it's eyes. Here, uh, you want this plastic food? Take it. You like that? He does like it. You could remember the advert now. The children with pretend smiles feeding pretend pennies into its mouth. The fake shine of the coins spilling from a hidden door on its back. You could almost hear the sound of the tumbling coins, but in your memory they sound wet. Slipping, crashing to the floor, the door opening and the innards tumbling. I can't believe you snuck up on me like that. You creepy, square-looking shithead. I love you, I love you, I love you, I love you. <laughs> sure. I love you too. Just stay there, please. You heard as she turned away from the wall and you wanted to tell her to leave, to get out of the workshop, that it wasn't safe. And maybe you did, but she couldn't hear you, of course. 
You wanted to tell her to keep her eyes on Werewall. The adverts used to say he could hide anywhere. The perfect place to hide your pocket money. Uh, in the mid-70s, Master Chansey expanded on his workshop and started to build a factory around it. Around it? Does that mean that the original workshop is somewhere inside the factory? Somewhere near here? Yeah, yeah! Shush. In fact, um, hold steady. I'm just going to use you to balance for a second. There's another picture here. It looks like a version of Master Chansey from the TV show. That same top hat and long legs. And his eyes aren't even there. They always seem to be obscured by something. Usually his hat. He kind of reminds me of Willy Wonka. But way creepier. You leaned closer toward the computer screen, and in the faint reflection of the glass you could almost see her in it. Could picture her hand on the corner of the toy's head, could see the toy's eyes moving towards it. And there's that image of the tree again. The one with the face. I can't look at it for too long. By 1991, after the launch of the hit animated children's show Master Chansey and Friends, his followers were so hungry to see more of him and his work, he opened Master Chansey's Toy Emporium, an amusement park and museum, which is where you're standing right... felt sick. You looked away from the screen but could still hear the blood dripping against the wood floor. Could hear as May cried out and tried to run. She tripped. Crawled. Her heartbeat pumped so fast and then so did yours. The panic synchronised. You could hear her confusion. Smell her shock and panic. Could hear werewolf behind her. I love you. Stay the fuck away! Stay the... Yeah, yeah! He's blocking the fucking door! My hand! The blood! There's so much blood! The vent, you said, without even knowing that it was there. Kick open the fucking vent! Breathe. Breathe. And kick open this fucking vent! can't breathe. You want to tell her to run, to please get away. The thing, the werewolf toy, it sounded so close, too close. That thing, that thing bit a chunk out of my... You said. Run, 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 run. 
where am I? Um, it looks like I'm uh, in a house, but it's so much smaller and I'm losing my mind. Losing my mind. I'm in what looks like the kitchen of a tiny plastic house. There's a small table here with fake dinner sets and a small plastic chair. Too small for me to even sit on and... Wait a sec, I, I, I need to wrap my hand. Okay, uh, the map says this is Peek and Boo's dollhouse. Uh, th th that's where I am. That makes sense. I'm sitting in a tiny house. Or a, a giant dollhouse. Oh, this fucking torch. I, I, I see something over by the plastic oven. There's a camera here. Uh, the batteries are dead. Wait. Hang on. Looks like it uses the same batteries as the torch. them. The, the, the Kleinbros 20x10, um, the, the Thacker brothers. Can't believe we're heading to the factory. I know, man. I know. Long time. Long time coming. Want to grab a Mackie D's on the way? You know it. The brothers, the urban explorers, Jason and David Thacker, the Kleinbros 20x10, the dollhouse, the factory, the bleeding hand and the beating heart, the toys and May, all was suddenly washed away by the noise. The static. And in the static there was music. And in the static you heard the TV show again. But this time you could see it clearly in your head. More so when you closed your eyes. It was like it was broadcasting right against the roof of your skull. The narrator spoke and your back teeth hummed. Oh look, there he is, silly Billy. He was right next to you this whole time. Silly Billy mewled and... Oh, of course. You are a silly Billy indeed, aren't you, silly Billy? He mules, yes, yes I am. He was right next to you this whole time. In those final seconds of the audio file, you saw him. Yes, it was only in your imagination, but still you saw him, and you felt the same way you would if you'd locked eyes with a predator. Something that wanted to eat you, and you knew it could if it wanted to. It was Master Chansey, the tiny make-believe plasticine one. In jerky motions, it stepped out from behind a tree and looked at you, and waved. The audio file finished. You opened your eyes and saw that your fingernails were bleeding. We hope you enjoyed your trip to the toy factory today. 
This audio experience was pieced together by the Hawking Cleaver Story Studio and its wider community, which includes a splattering of writers, a screaming of narrators, some maniacal musicians, eldritch art makers, scalpel-wielding quality control specialists, and a pair of demonic community admins, all of whom live in an abandoned office block which was somehow transported to a hell dimension after someone got a Hellraiser puzzle box for their last secret centre. If you're enjoying The Toy Factory, please note that you can get an extra episode by becoming a patron or subscribing to the other stories with an Apple Podcast Premium subscription. To find out more and to join our Discord community, head on over to www.patreon.com forward slash Cleaver. There you'll get to chat with the Hawking Cleaver team and also help support us for more Halloween specials for years to come. On top of all that, limited Toy Factory merch will be available over at www.theotherstories.net forward slash The Toy Factory. The Toy Factory was conceived by Luke Condor and written by Luke Condor and Daniel Wilcox. For more of Luke's work, head to lukecondor.com and for more of Daniel's work, head to danielwilcox.com. The audio was stitched, massaged and digitally distorted by the audio wizard himself, Carl Hughes. Follow Carl at twitter.com forward slash Carl Hughes. Georgia Cook plays the role of May. For more, head to georgiacookwriter.com. Justin Fife plays the role of Master Chansey. He can be found at twitter.com forward slash Justin B. Fife. Josh Curran and Manny Realguy play the Thacker Brothers. Follow Josh on twitter.com forward slash jcurranwriter. Manny Realguy, however, cannot be followed by any conventional means. But speaking of unconventional, Manny Realguy also performs the role of Oak 55. The listener's background music was created by Birds of Paradise. Check them out at facebook.com forward slash birdsofparadisemtl. Some of the factory music was created by Clankbeald. Check them out at freesound.org slash people slash clankbeald. Other various effects such as tape noise, distortion and many more provided by the great community over at freesound.org. We'd also like to thank the Hawking Cleaver community members who forced, I mean, politely asked their children to lend their voices to the toys, including Jimmy Johnson, Sonny Real Guy, and others. The graphics were handled by our master of social media toy making, Ben Errington. Follow him at twitter.com forward slash Ben underscore Errington. This year's chilling cover artwork was created by the one and only Matt Seth Barnes. Find more of Matt's work at mattsethbarnes.com. Hey, did you know that Halloween specials have been a tradition for the Hawk and Cleaver team for several years now? Well, if you need more Halloween audio treats in your life now or in the future, then don't worry, dear listener, because we have you covered. Simply search for The Nest, The Halloween Horrors of Old Mill Lane, or The Witching Hour in your podcast application of choice. The Toy Factory is a production of the Story Studio Hawk and Cleaver and is brought to you with a Creative Commons attribution, non-commercial, no derivatives license, which of course means don't change it, don't sell it, but by all means, share the hell out of it. Until next time. Next time. Next time. Next time. Next time. Next time. Next time.